All right. Well, amen to whatever the heck you just prayed for yourself. Hopefully it was good. <laughs> so good. Um, all right. Well, we're going to continue on in James. Um, we've got a slide that's going to go up. I made a PowerPoint for you guys and mainly for me just to keep me on point because <laughs> I have a tendency just to kind of go all over the shop. But I so I just really wanted to you know, bring something hopefully powerful for your heart to really receive. Um, how many of you guys were here last week as Ben was preaching on James? There's a number of people that weren't, but um, if you haven't read James 1, I really want to encourage you to really um, roll through it. This book is absolutely incredible. It's a really powerful book, and, um, and I feel like this morning um, God is doing like that whole heaven encouragement sandwich thing where, you know, in the beginning he comes and he just lets you know that everything's for free. You know, it's actually a gift we can enter in. It's all invitational. We get in there, we get encouraged. And then we get into James where I, I feel like there's just a real fathering that James is really taking us into, right? He's teaching us how to do something, but it's a fathering. It's not, it's not sugar-coated. It's not... Um, I mean, it feels, to me, honestly, it, it feels so good to read this book because it gives me clear indicators of where I am and where I'm not. And that's really good for me because I don't want to deceive myself in thinking that I'm in a great place when really I just need a whole lot of Jesus rolling through my week, right? And so this is like a real book of fathering where he wants to father your spirit into a really powerful place. And so last week, um, Ben took us through the first, um, you know, from verse 1 to 19 or 18, sorry. And it's about profiting from trials. Like how do we actually, just, just as a, out of curiosity, how many people in this room have gone through hard things at times? <laughs> all right, cool, man. So this book is for all of us. That's so good. You know, that means that none of us are left out, right? We all get to benefit from James telling us some really cool stuff about how to overcome. Now, I want to preface, um, you know, this with what I'm about to go through is um, I, I hope that you guys won't be offended by what James wants to encourage us in. Because um, sometimes, and I, I seen this, uh, this little Facebook meme throughout the week, it was really funny. It was posted by a pastor that I know, and he said, um, I didn't know what you did last week when I preached and prepped for this sermon, right? And what he was insinuating is sometimes, you know, someone gets to the front and preaches a sermon, and people can sit there and going, oh, he's, he's talking to me, he's, he's calling me out right now, right? And... This is not meant to call anybody out, but if it calls you into something greater than where you're at right now, well, glory to God, right? We just really want to honor the Word of God and, um, and you know, learn how to overcome trials, right? I think every one of us um, desires to overcome, and I think the complications come in the, the distance between the actual overcoming and where we are right now, and the mountain that stands between us, right? And there's very simple scriptures that say, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, speak to that mountain to be removed, and it shall be removed. And it's so good, and it's so powerful. And you're thinking, where's that, like, where's the mustard seed? Like, something needs to flesh out here, right? I, I need to understand how to get that faith the size of a mustard seed. And so we're going to go through some of that, some of this stuff today. And James is really going to point out some cool stuff for us to be able to, um, I guess, just navigate 
where is my life at right now? What are some of the adjustments that I need to make? And where do I need to see a little more clearly? So um, if you guys got your Bibles, we'll go to James 1, and we're going to start at 19, and we're going to read right through to 27. And who has got an amazing Bible reading voice? Sean, man, come on. Oh, Mal, come on. Here we go. Hang on, what are we reading? James 1. Get it. (laughs) Mal should be on the radio. James 1. Mate, this is phones done an update. No IT. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religious is, religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. All right, thank you so much, Mel. Um, So if we can get the first slide up, that would be great. So kind of the the banner of what we're going to be looking at today is learning how to overcome. Like actually learning how to take our relationship with Jesus, the the truth of the word, and actually bring application to it in our circumstances. Um, And really, in moments, decide which direction we're going to go, because there's often a fork in the road with many of life's situations, right? And when things get a little too tough, and we get overwhelmed, and we're unsure what to do, um, sometimes leaning into Jesus when you don't get in, like one of those microwave answers, it leads us into... Uh, the ways that seem right to a man. And we do it ourselves, and then we wonder where the blessing of the Lord is, and we're like, what is going on? God, I'm doing everything. And so a lot of this is just, James is teaching us how to mature in the Lord, right? So here we go. So then, my beloved brethren, we're going to take a couple verses at a time. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, Slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, I know in my, in my own life, I've had many situations where I've been very quick to speak, <laughs> very slow to hear, right? 
and it's because um, there's something in me that just, I just, you triggered me somehow. Something happened, right? And, um, and maybe that person that cut you off on the road um, just got you on the wrong day. And your hand flew up and a finger flew out and words started coming out of your mouth. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from, right? And um, it's always been there, right? But there's a, there's a place in which God wants to teach us, right, and show us. And so I don't particularly think that the Holy Spirit is condemning us for those moments of wrath that we step into. But there's certainly a place of freedom and actually exercising the fruit of the Spirit that He wants to teach us about so that we can live righteously and have some of this wicked living, as James calls it, actually exit our lives, right? So swift to hear. So here we go. So hearing and seeing God's perspective. Now, Matthew 7, 24 says this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So whoever hears the sayings of Jesus, right, and does them, he likens this man to a person who's built his house on the rock. Now, this is really simple stuff, guys, but I think application is the key to what James is trying to lead us into, right? If, if we can pick up some of these moments and just cause our mouths to just shut for a moment and just wait on Jesus, maybe pray for that person and um, and I know there's, there's so many what um, I've considered like cheesy Christian things that we do at times where it's like, well, just pray for that person that hurts you. And it's so biblical, but yet we feel like, oh, you're just, you're just giving me that silly Christian thing to do again. It's just so silly. And it's like the thing that we think is so silly in our minds is actually the truth that sets you free. It's actually the thing that produces righteous living in your life. It's actually the thing that gets the F-bombs out of your mouth. But it's really simple. It's really, really simple stuff, right? If we would just be swift to hear God, Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? But how difficult can that be in the moment, right? We're in the car, that car, you know, takes over. And like, Jesus, what are you saying right now? It just sounds like, well, that sounds like heaven, man. And I think that's kind of the point. I think that's kind of the point, right, is that heaven wants to invade your heart. Heaven wants to invade your mind, invade your life, right? And so if we can just decide certain things that, A, I will not be offended by truth, and I won't consider truth that's going to set me free to be some cheesy Christian thing. When your heart gets connected to those things, it is powerful, righteous living. It's powerful, righteous living. And he says, the man that hears the things that Jesus says and does them, this is a wise man. This is a wise man. So hearing and seeing God's perspective is so important in overcoming, right? Because if we can't see what God sees, if we're not hearing what he says, then all we're left with is what we understand and know and with what we see. And often what we see is not good. And then we kind of get a little bit worried and confused and then we 
go on a bit of a rant and we start complaining and we start speaking to that situation out of a place of not understanding and not seeing, and it's progressive, right? It's progressive. If I, if I can just use the car for example, right? Um, it's, it's progressive, you know, like we woke up and maybe we just woke up and I don't really know why we have this saying, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I wake up on the same side every day, but yet there's different days where I feel different things, right? But we get into the car. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. We get into the car and this car now butts in front of you and you're just kind of like, Dah! and we, we don't listen quickly. We're not being tamed or led by the word of God. And all of a sudden my mouth starts just going off, right? And it's amazing. You just keep going. And what you speak is what you hear. And now you're meditating on the things that are completely like they got nothing to do with heaven. And it turns into a place of wrath. And I've seen people literally get out of their cars on the road, knock on windows and start punching. And you're just like, wow, that just took a whole nother level. Now I'm using that as an example, but there's many situations, right? What if we could be slow to speak, be really quick to hear God, to pray, pray for yourself. Pray that God would come and actually change your heart, right? Be slow to wrath. It says the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so if you find yourself getting to a place of wrath, it's very clear. James is saying it will never produce righteousness in you. But yet in Romans 6, it says that we're a slave to righteousness. No longer a slave to sin, but a slave to righteousness. And so hearing and seeing God's perspective is so important. We need to pray and just ask Holy Spirit to remind us and show us, like, what, what would you need me to see today? Holy Spirit, I find myself just getting angry often. Would you, would you teach me how, how to not be angry? Would you teach me how to live righteously in this particular area? And it's amazing how, like, God really honors that. Like, he just honors that. He really does. Exercise self-control and keep your mouth shut right? Proverbs 18, 21. It says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So when you begin to speak things, it does something. It does something. Now you may not see people dropping dead right in front of you because you've spoken something negative or you've cursed somebody, but I'm telling you, spiritually things begin to happen for that person or those persons that we're raging against. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. Don't get angry quickly. Don't get offended easily and take the bait of Satan. See, the bait really is this, this place of offense, right? And offense leads to very dark places. Now, you can get offended, but what you do with that offense, it actually determines where you're going to go, right? You can pick up that offense and you can start meditating and thinking about, man, I, I can't believe that mouse said that, man. I know he was talking to me when he was preaching. You know, I, I told him what I did the other week and now he's preaching on it. It is for sure. Like he's just trying to call me out right now and that offense begins to build and grow. And then you start getting bitter towards a person. You start wrathing and raging against a person and it produces really bad fruit in your life. 
So don't get angry quickly, right? How do we do that? We actually engage with Holy Spirit. That's how we do it. He's actually supernatural, so it's not mind over matter. It's not just try to do better. No, it's actually engage with God, and he'll make you better. You engage with God, he makes you better, right? The road of least resistance produces powerless Christianity. And so, you know, Jesus says some really awesome things. In this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. So every one of us is going to face trouble, right? But the interesting thing is that God doesn't honor the problems enough to remove them. He says, there's going to be problems, but be of good cheer. Because the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. And so therefore you will overcome. And so it doesn't matter the situations or the problems or all the issues of life. You will overcome through the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. What he's done, your story, what he's writing. You will overcome. And it's a supernatural thing. It's not mind over matter. But if we always take the road of least resistance, we'll always be in this place of immaturity, we'll never walk powerfully for God, we'll never truly understand the power of Jesus. Because it's just a little bit difficult, right? And it's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to go this way, man. It's a little bit easier. I'm just going to go this way. And oh, I just kind of hit, hit a wall here. Well, it doesn't, like, it just doesn't feel right. And this is going to require something of me. And so I'm going to head this way, right? And it's the same as weight training. Anybody that's done any form of weight training, if you never exercise, you never build muscle. But when you go in and you start training, your muscles hurt for days, but you're building, like you're tearing muscle and then you're building muscle, right? It's the only way that you get fitter. So James is telling us, guys, don't take the road of least resistance. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations. It produces incredible things in your life. You'll be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. What a flipping outcome. For real. Perfect, complete, lacking nothing. If only you don't give up. Just don't give up. Don't take the road of least resistance all the time. Let's embrace it and go, okay, Jesus, I don't know how to respond to this, but I want to embrace your word. I want to embrace what's going on. Teach me, show me. I want to plow through this. Can we get the next slide, please? James 1, 21 to 22, and it says, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness. It's like being submissive to Jesus, to the word, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So here we say again, like, in order for you to overcome, there is like, let's, let's get rid of this stuff that's doing nothing for you. So if there's filthiness in your life, let's get rid of it. Let's just ax that thing. The sin that's in our lives, it's keeping us from freedom and joy. It's keeping us from true life. So let's get rid of that stuff, right? All filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with submissiveness. Like, I want to be submissive to Jesus. Submitted to his word, 
submitted to the lordship of Christ, fear the Lord in my life. But remember, this isn't just to call you out. It's to teach you how to overcome. So this is actually, this is the crazy thing is that God allows you the freedom to choose whatever you want. There's the whole permissible versus beneficial. Like what's permissible, but is it beneficial? Like, is that actually helping my spiritual walk? So all filthiness and wickedness, let's get rid of this stuff, right? Where's the practice or remnant of old living? You know, I, um, I know this pastor down in Byron Bay, and uh, he told me this story um, week after week after week after week, right at the end, they would do like an altar call thing. You know, if people need prayer for anything, and this person came up to him every week and, um, and just shared um, with tears, you know, the, the struggle that they were going through. And he had deep compassion, prayed for them and prayed for them and prayed for them, like week after week after week. And, um, but he sent them off with something to do, right? Don't just be here, but be a doer of the word, right? It just, it just does something for you. It actually teaches you how to walk it out instead of just listening to it and staying in theory, right? And so they would come back the following week and they, prayer for the same thing again. And this happened over the course of months, right? Where um, he asked him, he's like, did you, did you actually read the Bible this week like I told you to? And they said, no. And he goes, I refuse to pray for you anymore until you start reading your Bible. He goes, because you're coming up here every week and you're desiring a, a prayer of great comfort and console in the midst of all of your hardships, but you're unwilling to pick up the thing that's going to change your life. Can you see how backwards that is? It's so wild. So be a doer of the word as well, not just a hearer of the word. Let your soul be transformed by the word of God, but we have to engage with it. And when we don't know how to engage, we pray. We just pray. There's so many times, I, I, I honestly don't know how to do some of the things that I need to do, but I just start praying and it becomes daily prayers of mine. And I will promise you this, this has happened so many times for me, that if there's issues in your life that you're really struggling with, pray that thing heart connected to what you're praying, not just religiously, Jesus, just help me with that thing that you know what I mean, just I did it. No, God, I, I'm, I wanna say submitted to your word. Would you help me with this thing? You pray that every day, two, three times a day, 30 days later, I promise you, you're going to see change. I promise you. It's because the word of God is sharp and active. It's real. It's living. It transforms people's lives. But we just give up. We just, we just want to switch. We want microwave. But I'm telling you, James is fathering us into a place of victory, right? He's saying, guys, that's weird. That is weird. Like when you're a baby, yeah. People change your nappies because you can't change your own nappy. As you grow up into these things, he's going, I'm going to father you into truth so that you can pick up truth and you can start living free for yourself with the power of God. Like, wouldn't this be really weird if my, like my daughter Eliana is 11 right now, but if she was 25 and she came into this room and let everybody know, I, I don't know how to brush my teeth. I don't, I don't know how to get dressed. I don't know how to do many of these really basic things that we would expect a 25-year-old to know, I would dare say, even though you guys wouldn't want to judge me, I would dare say that there might be some remnant thoughts of like, there's some parenting issues on going on here. 
there's, there's some issues going on in this family. Like, she's fully capable, but she doesn't know how to brush her teeth. Guys, let that be as weird for you as we grow up into the Lord. If you can't open your Bible and start reading it to get set free, you're like that 25-year-old. Don't be offended by this. Let's just let the reality of where this is sit. It's like you're 25 and you don't know how to brush your teeth. You don't know how to go to the bathroom by yourself. You don't know how to get yourself dressed. James is saying, man, I want to teach you how to overcome. I want to teach you how to overcome. So be a doer of the world. Filthiness and wickedness, let's get this stuff out of our lives. Let's get rid- it's got zero to do with heaven. It produces nothing in your life. And then we come into church and we you know, get into some great sermons and we get condemned by the way that we're living because we're actively pursuing it in our lives. We don't want it, but yet we want it. But James is saying, guys, I want to teach you how to overcome. Is that cool? Are you guys okay? All right, cool, man. James is fathering us. He's fathering us, right? The implanted words saves your soul and brings peace to the chaos. You know, Isaiah 55, 11, it says that his word will not return void. So as God speaks over your life and into your life, like it will not return void. It will set out to do exactly what he wants if you don't give up on it. Remember, it's the timing of God, not the timing of me. It's the timing of God. It's really important that we get on, you know, his clock and not our own and have this really funny um, sermon that I listened to by, by John Bevere um, probably about a month ago. And he was talking about the timing of God. And he says, you know, when we say things like, hey, man, I'm, I'll be right there. And we're kind of thinking, okay, well, if you're going to be like right here, like we're thinking like 15 minutes, 30 minutes. He goes, yeah, like I, I kind of did the calculations, a days, a thousand years. He goes, so when God says to you, like, hey, man, I'm going to be right there. He goes, it's generally seven to nine years. <laughs> so don't be discouraged if that word hasn't come to pass yet. Or if you're still wrestling with that amazing word that God's given you, right? But we just persevere. We, we keep going. Why? Because he's teaching us how to overcome. I'm going to need a few extra minutes. Are you guys cool with that? Maybe like 10 minutes? Doer of the word, practice what you preach. Practice what you preach. Maybe you're going, well, I don't really preach anything. Well, maybe you need to start preaching something. (laughs) Start preaching some truth, man, so that you can start living in it. Like, for real, like, it's just so good. Like, man, we, if we come to church, like, I mean, if we're here giving up hours of our Sunday morning anyway, like, I mean, if, if this isn't producing anything real in our lives, then why are we here? I can promise you, when I wasn't a Christian, I was not sitting here. Why? Because it did nothing for me. It did nothing for me. So the fact that you're here reveals that there's some form of desire, right? And so now we need to take this really personal and allow James to father us into some really rad truth so that we're not sitting at the altar every week asking for prayer and stuff for the same thing when Jesus is saying, read the word. It's right there. Talk to me, not just on Sunday. Talk to me on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's so good. It's so good. Let your soul be encouraged by this. And then right at the bottom, joyful repentance leads to refreshing. Man, if, if we can really take like, okay, God, 
maybe there is a level of filthiness and wickedness in my life that I don't want there. Like, let's just become those people that, you know, as, as these things come up, we are just so full of joy to repent of those things. Repentance isn't just being sorry for it. It's actually changing your mind and moving in the opposite direction. And saying, God, I don't want to do that anymore. Forgive me, Lord. I, I repent of the way that I've sinned against you. In repentance, and I know this, Ben's mentioned this on a number of occasions over the last few months. Repentance, it's not a swear word. It's, it's not like a bad thing. It's actually a gift from God for us to be free. So when he says repent, he's going, I want you to be free. See, that sounds a lot better, doesn't it? But we've been taught at times, repent. Oh, I'm a bad person. He's not calling you a bad person. He's saying, walk free as I made you free. Learning how to overcome. So when that monster thing sitting in front of me, it's like, dude, this is difficult. This is hard. But instead of just road of least resistance running in the opposite direction, I'm actually going to run into that thing but I'm going to hear. I'm going to incline my ear to hear heaven. What are you saying? I'm going to get into the word a little bit. God, would you speak to me through it? Just get into it. Like really connect with Holy Spirit in the midst of this so that it's not just a religious thing. Well, he said, read this verse. And so I read it. Read it and connect with God. Um, Can I get the next slide, please? James 1, 23 to 24, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So listen to the word. Unless you are making a decided effort to let truth become something in your life, you'll always struggle. Let that sit in for a sec. And I've, I've got firsthand experience of that. So it's not just to call anybody out. It's actually, this is my firsthand experience if I'm not making a decided effort to let truth transform my life, I'm always going to struggle in that area. I will always struggle, and I'll just kind of deal with it, and I'll just, well, I guess this is just my lot in life. And it's, it, it's weird how we do this and why we do it. Like it, it. It's really strange. But I believe that James wants to take us into a new space in God, right? Listen to the word. Do what it says. Disobedience. When you blatantly disobey God's word, you set your heart up to become hard towards him and dull to conviction. And in Matthew 13, 15, it says this, for the people's hearts have grown dull and with their ears, they can barely hear and their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart in turn and I would heal them. So again, here we have another promise. I want to heal them, but... They're not listening. They're not, like, it's, it's like we got a place where we can get to. It's like you can get healed. You can get answers. You can walk in greater victory in your life if we stay in this camp. There's just a couple things, you know, just let go of those sin issues that are actually, you know, just leading you back into darkness. Just give those things to me. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to transform those desires. All those kinds of things, right? But when we hear God's word and we blatantly disobey, we say, God, I'm just not interested. You know, I'm, I'm just not interested. What you begin to do is shut down the conviction of God on your life. But his conviction always leads you into freedom, right? So James is saying, hey, man, um, listen to his word and then do what he says. Why? Because it's actually going to lead you into a power, powerful place of overcoming. 
if we listen and we do what he says, it's always going to lead to life. It's a promise in God, and it produces righteousness in your life. If we'll listen and we'll obey. But if we don't listen and we disobey, then we've got our lot in life. We've got what we decided. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like we actually get what we choose. And so when we choose to disobey God, and I've, I've been there. I think all of us have been there, right? <laughs> We've all been there. So it's not like only one person in this room has been there. But it doesn't lead to the righteousness of God. And again, the, the, the disconnect that I talked about right in the beginning of like living a free life, living victoriously, right? There's this massive mountain that's standing there. And we're learning how to navigate that mountain. Where's my climbing gear? What do I do to tackle that mountain? Because I can't find this mustard seed that everybody's been looking for. I don't know what that thing is. And so James is saying, hey man, I got some really great tips for you. Stop sinning. Stop practicing sin in your life and you'll start producing more righteousness. It's amazing, hey. Superficial Christianity will never change your life. Now guys, this, this can seem like um, the, the way that I'm sharing these things with you, they can seem kind of like, okay, this is a little bit heavy. Remember, this is the encouragement sandwich. Heaven's encouragement. You got the encouragement side right at the beginning. It's all for free. He loves you. He cares for you. He sees great things in you. And now he's going, and now James is going to father you into how to live that way. And so as we pick up these things and we slow down a little bit and hear what the scriptures are saying, it actually gives you some very specific things for you to look at in your life to go, man, I want to live more free. Well, glory to God. Let's just listen to James and let's hear what he's saying. Does that make sense? And I think everybody would know somebody, and I mean, hopefully this isn't you, but living that superficial Christianity where, you know, we, we, we come to church and, um, yeah, there's just not a whole lot of change that's happening, right? There's not a lot of change that's happening in my life. And, and I think um, there's just a disconnect from the reality where God wants to take us and where we're sitting. And offense is not going to lead you into a beautiful place, but embracing with meekness the Word of God. With meekness submitted to God submitted to who he is as your king, as your Lord, and as your savior, it starts producing different living in you. And this is the gospel, my friends. It transforms your life. It transforms your life if we let it. Can I get the next slide, please? So we're just going to continue to learn how to overcome James 125, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So looking intently, study, meditate, memorize, understand. Joshua 1a, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according all that is written in it. For when you will make your way... Uh, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So looking intently, like actually taking a little bit of time to actually 
understand the word of God and to pray and to meditate on some verses. And maybe you're not one of those guys that like, I'm like, Ben's a great Bible teacher. I'm not a Bible teacher. Um, that's, that's not like, I'm not driven that way, but I'm always inspired. I'm like, whoa, there's just so much more in the word, right? I get inspired by that. But meditating and finding places where you can sit on the word and just like over and over, like in your devotional times with the Lord, take a passage and sit on it and talk to God. What does this say to me right now? What are you trying to communicate to me? Do a study on maybe a book or a a particular passage and find out what it means. It's like, if this really is the book of life, guys, If this really is the thing that sets us free, then why do we spend so much time on everything else that doesn't set us free? We spend so minimal time on what can actually set us free. Like, I I think, again, James is just fathering us, hey, guys, don't be that 25-year-old that doesn't know how to brush their teeth. That's weird. That's really weird. Right? Hopefully that will stick with all of us, right? Like, I, I refuse to be that 25-year-old that is still in spiritual diapers. That is just not going to be me, right? And then you decide something else. That's what's so rad. You reject that, but then you decide, you no know, freedom, righteousness, goodness, faithfulness. I choose those things, and I will overcome. And I'm going to be in the Word, and those sin things that keep on... Cr- creeping in, I'm submitting those things to the Lord because I will overcome in Jesus. And you will. I promise you, if you stay submitted, meekness to God in his word. Continue in it. Don't give up on truth. Just talking about that. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that In the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always be abounding in the work of the Lord. In the work of the Lord. Just so good. Just, okay, God, how can I be more Jesus to my coworkers? How how can I pray for this person better? Gossip wants to come up, but I want to pray for them. Teach me, Holy Spirit, how to do these things. The truth will set you free. Can we get that last slide, please? James 1, 26 to 27. If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Isn't that just so like, you know, it just smacks you in the face and you're like, I've got something to think about. So the love about James is that he's being a father. Father. You know, there's the nurturing mother And then there's the father that comes in and says, hey guys, it's time. It's time. It's time to move on. It's time to grow up into the Lord. I'm calling you up and into something far greater. You will not be that 25-year-old young man or woman that can't brush their teeth. 
that is still in diapers. You will not be that person because I want to father you into truth. I want to father you into a place where you can overcome because you are connected to Jesus. You can overcome because God is your source. And you now become Jesus to another person. You can now help someone else walk through the issues of life, teaching them how to mature in the word and to take the relationship with God more seriously. So good, guys. Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian, right? I think, I think that kind of makes sense. No, it's actually a deliberate decision that you make in your life at one point where you repent of your sins, you acknowledge Jesus and give him your whole life. And you say, no longer will I live for myself, but I'll live for the king of glory. And then you come to a place like this where you're like, man, I just want to grow and learn. I want to be connected to more people that are like-minded and want to walk powerfully for God. To be unspotted from the world, filling yourself with stuff that keeps you clean. Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Filling yourself with stuff that keeps you clean. Read the word. Get worship music on there. Put on podcasts that are really going to speak to your heart and your soul. If overcoming is the issue, then you find stuff that's going to teach you how to overcome. But we just don't want to be those people that deceive ourselves in thinking that we're doing really, really well because I go to church every Sunday. Do you know what I mean? It's like we can come to church every Sunday, but still our life is just filled with filthiness and wickedness, right? It's still all there, but yet I feel good for a moment because if I get around these two for a little bit, all of a sudden the conversation is so great and so sweet and I've learned Christianese and I can, I can entertain the, the conversation and I feel so filled by this conversation that I'm having that I feel like I'm all right with Jesus. I feel really good. And I walk away, I'm like, whoo, yeah, I just feel good in God. And it's amazing how the Spirit can do that for you, but it doesn't mean that you're living clean the way that He wants you to. It's that whole idea of like fire. We can get around fire and people love kind of getting around fire and warming their hands on it, right? But who wants to be the fire? Who wants to be the fire? I want to be the fire. I don't want to just be sitting on a chair around something going, wow, look at that fire. Look how mesmerizing that is. Look how intense that is. But I find myself sitting around the fire instead of being a fire for Jesus. Come on, guys. Be a fire for Jesus. Let James father you into truth. Lay down the wickedness, the filthiness, the sin that keeps our hearts from living free. Is that cool? Come on, I am encouraging you guys. <laughs> I am encouraging you. A transformed life reveals the work of the cross. That is a revealing factor. A transformed life. And look, if you're sitting here and you're going, oh, you know what? Maybe my life isn't that transformed. You know, look, 
This is not about condemnation. It's not about pointing out all the sins in your life. That's not my job. Holy Spirit is the one that convicts your heart of the things that you're living in. And so really it's about getting right with him, allowing his voice to have access to your life so that you can just let those things go, allow him to heal you, allow him to change your mind, and let the supernatural gospel take root in your life. So I want to do something for us. I just want us to respond to God because, you know, James gives us a ton of application here, right? A ton of application. I'm just going to go through these again. If we can go, actually, I'll, I'll just read them off. The road of least resistance produces powerless Christianity. Joyful repentance leads to refreshing. Superficial Christianity will never change your life. The truth will set you free. A transformed life reveals the work of the cross. See, these are the things right now that we get to bring application to with our own heart and go, okay, God, where, where do I need to just talk to you? Where do I need to talk to you and just allow your spirit to just identify things in my life that I need to let go of? And so if we can get some, um, some pads in the background, and I want us to do this individually, um, where I like us to stand up just because sometimes it's just a good point of, you know, just getting out of our seats and um, just moving a little bit. But I want us to do this individually um, because the reality is that all of this that James is talking about, it's, um, it's actually speaking to you individually where you need to respond to God and surrender those things if that's what needs to happen. But we're going to ask Holy Spirit to speak to us. And as we close our eyes and we open our hearts, what's going to happen is God's going to speak to you. It's going to be amazing. You're not going to have to come up with stuff to repent of. The Holy Spirit's just going to remind you of this thing here. We just surrender that thing. We surrender that thing. And we surrender that thing. And just let go of those things and just start talking to God. Fill your life with conversation in the Holy Spirit. Fill your life with that stuff. Let the reality of God come in such a deep way. So I'm just going to pray and we're just going to wait. And he's going to speak. So God, I just want to thank you so much that your Holy Spirit is with us. It was your plan to make us your home. And man, are we grateful. Just so grateful that you've decided to make us your home. In Romans 6, it says, we've been freed from the power of sin. We're no longer slaves to it, but we're slaves to righteousness where there's freedom and right living, where there's overcoming in the spirit. So God, we just ask that you would speak to us right now, individually, you would speak to us, you'd show us things that we need to surrender and repent of. We thank you for the gift of repentance, to let go and to move on. We just welcome that right now. So just as God speaks to you, just repent. Ask God to forgive you. And let it go. And ask Him to teach you how to live free.